Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. (laughs) This tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris (laughs) Carava is. It's so good. That's great. Hey everybody, welcome uh, welcome back to The Punk Tree. Uh, we're excited you guys are back with us. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, in a bit of a, a showdown on, uh, on this episode. Um, Aaron and Jesse put out a challenge on our last show, and so we're going to get to that in a little bit. But as usual, as we kick off every episode, um, just want to hear a little bit about what music people have been listening to. Uh, it is kind of a deep music listening time these days being at home. And so... Uh, First of all, hi everybody. Hey guys. Hey Mike. Hey Mike. Aaron's yawning. I'm I'm not exciting to him. He's yawning. Uh, I don't know if one of you guys wants to go first. Just what what tunes have been kind of happening for you lately, Jesse? Why don't you go? Oh yeah, sure. Um, let's see. For this, I actually had to just go double check my um recently played playlist on iTunes. That helps out a little bit to remember what I've been listening to. One thing I didn't have to check that for though was um something that's definitely been playing on repeat i mentioned it uh, at the end of the last episode um and it's nights uh nights like thieves man um they sent us like a sneak peek of that little ep they're putting out we played a song on that last episode and i've actually listened to the whole ep over and over i wasn't just saying that uh to be nice because um we're 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 putting them on the podcast i literally have been listening to it over and over i've listened to it close to 10 times i like it a ton um it's super high quality recording and it's like right in my wheelhouse for like the style and genre music that i listen to um yeah the 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 quality of that like production is pretty amazing oh man yeah there's a few things i would say it reminds me of a little bit not that like you want to try to pigeonhole someone into like oh it sounds like but there's a lot of stuff in like the guitars and some of the vocals that remind me a lot of like uh Seosin, Circus Survive, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of uh Chiodos. Um like I said, I don't I don't think that that's exactly what, what they're going for, but it just kind of gave me that vibe. And I love all three of those bands and, and this whole EP from Nights Like Thieves. I dig it. Like there's one song on there that's called Um All Right. That's the one that catches me the most, dude. That song is so fun to listen to it's got like a throwback vibe the chorus is just super melodic i love it so that's one thing and i'll quickly just run through a couple other things i've been listening to um number one gun i listened to a few of their albums they're just a band i've been into for a long time i listened to acceptance both of their records um part of the reason i listened to that was because i was listening to i don't remember what but my family out in the backyard by the pool was like listen to something that we like so I know my wife likes acceptance too. So I threw that on and I've listened to a few thrice albums the last couple of days. And one thing about thrice, I think, I think it's pretty safe to say that that is the band that the three of us can say unites us perfectly. I think I will agree. In fact, I feel like we like them so much. We try not to talk about them because we're worried that we're going to talk about them too much. (laughs) I agree with that as well how about you Aaron yeah um so I've gotten a little bit metal this week and uh yeah I've been listening to uh Norma Jean 
um, All Hail, which mm. Jesse uh, had been talking about a little while ago. And I haven't really been keeping up on Norma Jean that much in the past couple of years, but that album is pretty darn fantastic. Um, Dude, it's so it massive. The, the craziness that um, you kind of expect from Norma Jean, um, not nearly as crazy as, say, Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child, but you know, still has pretty outrageous stuff on it. And uh, like Jesse was saying, just has a massive feel to it. Um, and then Cyanide Beach, uh, their first CD, I pulled that out, uh, When Breath Escapes, um, just because it is awesome. Uh, <clears throat> it's an incredibly well-structured metal CD, has great breakdowns, um, but also like, you know, really fast paced kind of punk style riffs in it uh, and just powerful, powerful lyrics. Uh, unfortunately, I think Sinai Beach only put out two CDs, so we didn't get to hear a whole lot from it, but that first uh, one is my favorite by them by far. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I've uh, kind of taken a different little turn. Uh, you know, we've been using Instagram a little bit just to communicate with some people that we might uh, have on the on the show soon. And uh, I've actually been trying to uh, watch a bunch of Instagram live videos lately. So I, I've been listening to music as well. <clears throat> but uh, I spent some time, uh, Chris Aiken, the bass player from Strung Out, he's been just ripping some stuff uh on instagram so i've been like re-watching some of those videos playing guitar or bass um along with some tracks it's pretty amazing uh, i was telling the guys um uh, i've been watching chris rose been putting out a bunch of of live videos almost every night um lead singer guitar player for the ataris uh so i've been watching that um goldfinger has been putting out these like pretty cool videos with each each guy in the bands and his own in his own house in his own music room which by the way i like was getting pretty jealous of each of those individual guys music rooms because man like i kind of have a music room at my house well i do have a music room in my house jesse knows very well um so i've actually been like stealing interior decorating ideas from uh the guys in goldfinger uh mike herrera the singer from mxpx is a bass player and uh man if mike ever hears this that room he's in is just beautiful so uh, a little bit of uh yeah a little bit of uh, extreme makeover meets um some punk rock music but uh i've been doing that quite a bit just like at night playing maybe you know an hour of those videos in different ways um even just streaming nice. them in the background not necessarily watching yeah it's been good I think that is one good thing that we're getting out of this quarantine is seeing like getting the opportunity to see these guys play the stuff live, even if it is just on Instagram um, and getting like a more kind of intimate view of what they're doing and how they do it. Um, it's been a lot because I've been watching a lot of the same ones 
Chris Aiken and uh, Jake and Rob from Strung mm-hmm. Out are doing them quite often. And it's, I don't know, it's listening to the music is one thing, but watching them play at the same time, especially when you can just get a shot of the one guy playing his awesome yeah. guitar riffs is, you know, because uh, all three of those guys in Strung Out are amazing musicians. Cool. Well, that's like a wide spectrum of stuff. Ooh. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, so one of the things we're going to do, I mean, this kind of ties in actually uh, on the episode uh, this week is you guys had a bit of a little uh, throwdown challenge that came up on the last show. Um, part of the hope of this podcast is to just kind of explore genres and subgenres um, of the punk rock tradition. Uh, if that's almost oxymoronic, but we'll, we'll use it. Um, and so, uh, this came from Aaron sharing a band he really loves pulley and Jesse refusing to listen to it for a couple of weeks, at least maybe more. Uh, and so according to Aaron, it was, (laughs) according to Aaron, it was a lot longer than at least I thought it's been 16 years. He said, (laughs) he said, he tried to get me to listen to that one record, like a long time ago. And I don't think that he's lying. I really don't think Aaron is a liar. But the truth is, I do not recall him making the recommendation a long time ago. Um, well, I think time is relevant. Like you keep saying, like, <laughs> oh, that was 10 years ago when really it happened when you were three years old, which was, what, like 30 years ago. But uh, it, a few weeks ago. I think it was like the first or second week of quarantine. All right. right. Okay. So it wasn't super long ago. So let's stick to weeks. All right. So the main thing was Aaron has been putting pulley out there. Jesse kind of like called his bet with, uh, with the band, with the band Midtown. And so you both, did you both do it? Did you both listen to the music? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. I excluded it from my, what have you been listening to recently list though, because I knew we were going to get into it here. Not only have I been listening to it, I've been listening to it kind of a lot. So, and Aaron, did you like, did you taste it or did you commit and like, you know, I, I committed. I listened to that CD two times. All right. Ooh, that's That's pretty pretty good. good. That's pretty good. All right. So I will maybe act as a bit of a referee here in this, this little showdown. Um, because I think that in our own backgrounds, I'm probably somewhere between the two of you. If, if you were like a continuum, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I don't know that it's like that, but if you were a continuum, I, I can appreciate both sides a lot. Um, but I do think that Aaron was the one who put out the initial challenge. Sure, and sure. So, but I agree that you're, you're definitely the middleman. Like if Aaron and I were each an island, you're the bridge. Or I'm stranded at sea between you drowning (laughs) so i'm gonna go ahead and let uh let aaron call it you can either be the first to share your response or you can put it on jesse to share what he thought about pulley what do you want to do aaron um i want to hear jesse's thoughts on pulley all right jesse all right all right i did take notes first i'll just start off by saying um i listened to the at hashtag exclamation point underscore i listened to that 
first, just because that was more easily accessible to me. Um, I didn't own either of the albums that you mentioned. There's that one. And then there's the album Matters. Um, Matters was the one that you um, you named in the last episode. It's like, that's the one we're going to talk about. But that's true. since I since I did listen to both, I've got plenty to say about both. Um, I listened to the uh, at symbol hash. What do you want me to call that? This, I don't know what to call uh, it. Let's call it the curse word one. The curse word one, because those are supposed to represent curse words. Sure. Um, the curse word one, I listened to that first. And I listened to it almost three entire times through. But the first um, first time and a half or two times, I was out in the yard by the pool, not giving it like my full attention. So I can admit that. Um, and just when it was like that, um, there was a lot that didn't really catch my ears like, oh, I love this or like, oh, I can't stand it. There's nothing like that. Uh, the first song that caught my ear is something that I liked was a song that was called like Nothing to Lose. Love I, that song. I, something that I heard, because like I said, I wasn't giving it my full attention on my first listen. I, I admit that. Um, something that caught my ear was was that song. I was like, oh, I, I dig that. That's pretty cool. Uh, then there was another song. Oh, and, and when I hear it, like I quickly look up. I'm like, so which song was that? What was that title? Just because I wanted to take notes so I'd have plenty to say. Um, then there was a song called um, Second Best. You know that song? So this was where I kind of felt like, I don't know if this is for me. It had some like pretty depressing lyrics that I can't get behind. Now, I do enjoy like emo music that gets into some like depressing, sad type stuff. But I have a hard time with music that's like sad and depressing that doesn't have hope still. And and I heard him say that he's, he's the lyric is, I've lost my faith in finding humanity. I don't think that, um, I think it's okay to feel that way. Um, but to like decidedly decide to give up on humanity is, um, I don't know, not okay with me. Like it doesn't sit well with me. It feels hopeless and, and I can't sit in that. It doesn't do well for me. Um, so that caught my ear and it, it made it me hard to feel. It, it made me feel like I, I couldn't attach myself to this and, and get on board with this, with what this guy's saying. So I didn't give up though. I continued to listen. <laughs> well, let me say there that that's fair. And I get that. But the way I look at it is these songs are like, you know, three and a half minute snapshots in time, right? And it might've been like, you know, a few months in this guy's life. Uh, so I don't look at it as this is reflecting, you know, Scott Radinsky's entire outlook on life. And, um, you know, it might've been a season. It might've been a day, it might've been a half hour. I don't know. And there are definitely times when I, feel that way and identify with that song. So I, I understand what you're saying because I don't think all of life should be looked at through that sort of depressing lens. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. But I also sometimes, like I said, identify with that. I tried not to... Um, look up all the information about this band but i did want just a little bit 
I was like, so how long has this band been going? You told me to listen to these two albums. Where does that fit within their discography? And so I just looked up their Wikipedia page just for a minute and I saw vocalist Scott Radinsky. He was vocalist in 10 Foot Pole before Pulley. I was like, okay, cool. But then I was like, Scott Radinsky. Mm-hmm. I, I know that name. Yep. And I have to show you something. And this is for both you and Mike. Um, Mike, I want you to describe what I'm showing you so that, because the listeners obviously can't see. Mike, describe what I'm showing you. I am looking at a, uh, <clears throat> I would describe it as a late 90s, possibly mid 90s uh, baseball card of a White Sox player named Scott Radinsky. Okay, so I recognize this name, Scott Radinsky, because I'm a big, big baseball fan for sure, including back in the 90s. Um, I even went out to my baseball card collection. I was like, I got to see if I... That I is rec- awesome. And, and sure enough, I have a baseball card of Scott Radinsky. And I'm even thinking like, this got to be just a different guy, right? Nope. Like, same... No, it is the same guy, <laughs> the singer... Mike, did you not know that? I did not know that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Believe it or not, I give negative 46 shits about the 90s White Sox. (laughs) Dude, not me. He also played for the Indians and the Dodgers. Dodgers, I give even less negative shits about, (laughs) if you add negatives to positive, I give more negative shits about the Dodgers of any era. Dude, the White Sox were good in like the early 90s. Like he was on, he was on like the, the team, they almost made it to the World Series. It was the year that, that Joe Carter hit, hit that game-winning home run. The Blue Jays were the ones that knocked the White Sox out that year. That was the White Sox team that had, like, Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen and Rock Reigns and Robin Ventura, even Bo Jackson. Dude, they were so good. Okay, yeah. that's not right. the point. We Jesse, you were this. holding on to all of this like a melting snowball that you couldn't like, <laughs> throw at us. <laughs> hey, it's the same. I was like, I know that name, Scott Radinsky. It's the same guy, the singer of this band that Aaron loves. He's making, he was a professional baseball player for like 10 years. Wow. Just wow. How did I not know? That's, that's crazy. I actually listened to these bands too. Yes. Yeah. Wild. Okay. Okay. So back, back to my pulley review, aside from all the baseball stuff. Um, one thing that I heard a lot of in the, uh, what were we calling it the um the the bad word the curse word album um it had like a lot of like what i would describe as pretty cliche like punk drums which um could you keep doing that for a while okay so it had a lot of that, which can get a little bit monotonous. And I felt like that album did have more of that than I would prefer. Like I said, I don't hate that, um, but I also don't love it. Um, so moving on to another song that caught my ear as just being too negative and hopeless for me, it was a song called Pain. Um, the lyrics are, hey, hey, wash away the pain. I don't want to live another day. Hey, hey, no one hears me. I'm all alone in this agony um and and that's another one that uh it sits a little hard with me um i don't mind things that are sad or depressing but like arriving at hopelessness just i have a hard time although one other thing i could say i feel sympathy 
Because if someone really feels that alone, like I'm the kind of person that's like, dude, you're not, you're not. Whatever it is you're going through, like you're, you're not alone. There's other people that feel that way. There's other people that care about you more than you know. I mean, and that's not to say that he, or whoever's writing that doesn't feel that they're being true to their feelings, but like, I have a hard time just arriving at that, at that spot and, and giving up basically. Yeah, I, I do think that this is part of the tension between the uh, those who maybe loved the pop punk thing and those who felt a bit averse to it is it, just like the the term bubblegum went around a lot, like back when you know yeah. Blink-182 and everybody else did their thing um, because the, the lyrics, the stories sometimes were very, very serious and... Mm -hmm painful adam song i mean that was on a super super popular album and you know that was blink 182 that was maybe the most bubblegum thing a bit um but they were dealing with a serious serious topic um i remember going to a friend's funeral who had taken his own life and they played the song during the funeral like the memorial service which i thought was just wild um and it was you know, it was, it was people like me. It was a bunch of kids at a funeral place in Long Beach with broken skateboard decks, putting them on a coffin. And it was a surreal kind of thing. But I do think that generally there has been a tension between pop music and like, you know, people who maybe feel more like serious songwriting is, is, is better. Um, and so I don't know. I, I do think this shines a little bit of light on that difference. Um, you know, Jesse and I have talked about this for a long time that like, I have a really hard time with any music that isn't lyrically profound. Like it could be the most awesome instrumental musical thing, but I won't really care for it if it doesn't have something of significance. And if you just give me like a three or four chord simple song that has amazing lyrics, I will prefer it. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah for sure um so now it's time for the 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 person who's going to be uh hosting the uh the showdown so do you want me to get into matters mike or should aaron go into the midtown and then i get back into this actually <clears throat> can we go back to your attention on the um depressing lyrics and stuff because like i said yeah, i think that sure. is a snapshot in time that's the only even a snapshot in the uh, the record because you have the song gone. Let me pull up the lyrics real quick. And it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's happy, but it starts out, I don't plan anything and I'm trying to go home. Thoughts of you are always on my mind. Um, so I see this as a little bit different where there's, um, some hope to be seen, but also a problem that is identified. Um, so it's not just that like all these songs are depressing and there's no hope to be found or we've arrived at um, hopelessness, right? Because you have that song that's very much um, not like it's over, but 
there's just a problem that's been identified and like something going on in life. I don't plan anything, I'm trying to come home. I'm okay. I'm okay with that explanation. I, I really am. Um, it was just something that that caught my ear that I wanted to mention that that was hard for me. Okay. Um, and and I think it's good that you have the explanation that it was just a snapshot. It's just one song. I guess maybe maybe for you you can take an album and you can be like each song is a snapshot. Maybe yeah. what I just maybe just what I kind of hope for is is that each individual song has a silver lining <laughs> and if even maybe the album has a silver lining but not the song right and maybe i want each song to have it not just the whole record so maybe maybe that's that's how i feel about it i don't know okay so am i going to get into matters or... I, I think so i think let's okay. let you do because i know aaron only listened to one album i believe yeah and so why don't you go for it jesse all right so i don't want to just give a whole summary of the record I, I i took so many notes on this i definitely liked matters like a lot more Ooh, you know what? one more thing before i get into matters i think my favorite song musically from the cursed word album was the final track that was just called intro outro and it's i think it it was just um uh what's the i can't it was just music there was no words just an, of, just an instrumental just instrumental track. i couldn't think of the word <laughs> instrumental all right had a little brain fart there okay but i think that was like my favorite musical track i really like like that okay but but getting into matters um the very first track has like awesome guitars they just sounded great um i don't even remember what the song was called but i liked it although also the very first song had some <laughs> lyrics that i heard that just made me go it just made me cringe a little bit he said i heard him say like I, I think she wants to do me. I think I think the song was like about meeting some people outside a show or something, and yep, and like the like a guy's girl, like some other guy's girlfriend is into him or something, and I don't know. I'm not I'm not into that, but uh, but then also the chorus was something like "What comes around will go around," and it was catchy. It sounded good. Like the melody of that chorus sounded really great, and so I didn't love the song, but overall I liked the. Mm, the general mix of the music um also the second song love the intro guitars again um it's then it gets into like some faster stuff like that fast punk isn't really my thing and and the second track definitely gets a little faster and that's the part i didn't prefer it's like uh anyways i did like the chorus um and the main line in there is something like, uh, it's only over when you've given up on me, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a cool line. I can, I can get behind that. Track three, this was the first song that really stuck for me. It was called Huber Breeze. Um, there was like this constant vocal harmony like throughout the verses and the chorus. Like every single word sung has a melody and a harmony on it. And it just sounds good. It just works. 
Um, and then there's like a big old lead break, like after the second chorus. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this sounds good. And I even thought like, all right, this is going to be my favorite song on this record. Like, I don't care what comes after. Like, I like this song, Cuba Breeze. That's going to be my jam. Uh, fourth track, Insects Destroy. Kind of kind of made me feel like, yeah, meh, okay, this is that. This is that cliche punk sound. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. But then it like, I really started to like it when it, it got into this like really slowed down bridge. And then there's like this sick instrumental part that just was great. I loved that. Aaron, do you want to do you want to say anything about about that? Like some of those songs that maybe have the that that kind of skate punk um, fast tempo kind of deal, but then like Pulley does have some pretty cool breakdowns that I think are different than other bands that were doing some similar thing in the same era. Yeah. Um, so it. Um struck when you say you didn't really like that um, fast tempo punk um, kind of typical beat and because uh, that's something I really love about the genre is there are these really um, there are simple parts to it that just come at you really aggressively like those those really quick beats that almost seems like the song is taking off on a run uh, and Pulley does have that but they also have like some unique aspects in their song yeah well i could say that that i enjoyed the matters record um pretty well there's a few songs that kind of get lost on me with that just what what i describe as like the monotonous like punk thing which i'm not as into as you are and, and that's okay some plenty of tracks on matters kind of lost me in that way lots of the tracks on the curse word album uh lost me in that way way more than the matters album for sure but i'll I'll try to stop doing like a full like um song by song breakdown like i'll just point out there's a, just a couple more that that caught my ear either musically or lyrically um there's a song called poltergeist i really liked that one uh lyrically and musically um and then the, the one right after that was called immune and like lyrically it, it kind of caught me as like a a pretty like emo song in the lyrics like he says like every day that you're away don't know how we make it through every day that you're away i miss another night with you um also jesse while you're saying that you're like bobbing your head and shimmying your shoulders while you're like say singing speak singing the lyrics like you're in the smiths or something (laughs) right like what's interesting is i didn't i didn't love the song musically in fact like for some reason the vocals on that song just sounded the worst to me. Like they just sound, they sounded like super squashed and compressed, just like he's singing like this super high, but like they just squash it. And they're like, here you go. So um, I didn't really enjoy that, but I, I, uh, I, I liked the song pretty well. And the, the lyrics caught me. Um, 
um the song stomach aches actually had like a pretty like pop lead guitar sound to him and i was mm-hmm. would be surprised that aaron would be into something that had such a kind of a like a pop guitar in it um one of my favorite tracks ended up being suitcase um i liked the lyrics and the song in fact this was this was the one song that came after um huber breeze that made me go like okay this is probably my favorite track now um he says now i know what it means to be wanted watch everything fall through remember last year when we were here open mind when you needed me and my heart was open too it sounds like kind of a sad emo thing but it's not hopeless and so i can get into that one but i would say that was my favorite track um and then just to close my review and and my listening of this album there was a song called thanks and it was just an acoustic guitar and i was like oh acoustic guitar this is gonna be different and i was like this this is gonna be a meaningful song i could just tell why would they throw this on here and then like the lyric that caught my attention was goodbye and it just made me think well someone died like who died Yeah, that was Jim Cherry, who originally played um, bass and strung out, and then he played guitar and pulley. He also started a band called Zero Down. Um, and uh, yeah, he died of a congenital heart disease. Um, a lot of people thought it was an overdose, but it was a heart issue. Um, was, yeah. um, was, he, was he a part of pulley during either of these records that I've been listening to? Uh, I believe that he was on the Curse Word album. Yeah, that would make sense that he's not on the one that has the goodbye song written to him, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting to me, Jesse, because I uh like that is a sad song. Right? Like there's a sadness here. And I think this touches back to like the the difference between like the expectation we have for a songwriter <laughs> to do something for us and and music as like art that the uh art that the the songwriter puts out and people can take it and process it as they want but it's as much for the songwriter to do as it is for the uh the audience i think that's something that jesse you know more than anybody jesse has has consumed and contributed to my songwriting and i you know i think i do land a little more on the like a song is a snapshot of a moment. I write a lot of music. I'm sure these guys are writing tons and tons of music. And so when you have an album, then it kind of pushes over to Jesse's like idea here of like, well, you make an album around, you know, you pick this song and that song and this song and that one and put them together. Um, so I just, I think it's interesting that, you know, you felt there was some monotony, there was some generic kind of punk stuff. And then you use the word emo a bunch of times actually to describe someone who may be in the midst of all that is actually trying to process death and despair and all these things um, in, in their own way. Um, so totally, which I also think is like a pretty decent segue um, if, if we can do that over to 
the other side of the conversation. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've covered pulley on at least Jesse's perspective on pulley. And I, as I like switch sides here as uh, to honor Scott Radinsky's baseball career, which I did not know he's like a bench coach for the angels recently. And he was a pitching coach for the Indians. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just the whole, I should know that it's very weird that I don't uh, I've been playing fantasy baseball with Jesse for a million years. He's holding up the baseball card again. Uh, so if we can have uh, the side change though, right? So here we are baseball metaphor uh, outfield uh, defense is coming in and the batters are going out. Let's switch to uh, Aaron, who I think was um, was ostensibly less comfortable taking on Midtown than Jesse was taking on Pulley. Like I mean, you, that's you, fair to say. You had some Im- that's accurate. Yes, you had some sort of um, what's what's the word like visceral. You had a visceral response to mm-hmm. taking on some pop punk. Um, so. Yeah. What you, 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 you can already hear him huffing a little bit like, yeah. Oh, God. And, and so let's maybe like, what did you listen to by Midtown? And then, and then give us some of the take. Um, so I listened to Living Well is the Best Revenge by Midtown. And um, your assertion, absolutely accurate. <laughs> was a bit uncomfortable about this, um, but I gave it a shot. I committed and I did listen to the CD two times. Um, and I didn't like it that much. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, so I honestly listened and tried to just really listen because I've learned like there are many bands that I have to listen to multiple times before I hear it and like really hear it, you know, and start to like it. Midtown might be one of those. I don't know. I'll give them another shot. But the first thing that caught my ear was that they do very much the sort of cliche pop punk stuff, like the very, um, happy sounding simple leads the like muted i love so much that jesse is kind of mocking like skate punk drums and aaron is mocking pop punk palm muting vocally i want to sample them and make a song um so and that's something i thought about when you were uh describing pulley because you were talking about something that I really love about the genre, even though it's like, you do see it all over the place and like almost the exact same drum beat is played so many times in different punk songs, Um, but I like it. Um, So yeah. And then lyrically, most of the songs and like, maybe I have to look into it more, I don't know, but it sounds like your cliche, pop punk guys singing about girlfriends leaving them um, or, you know, like how much they'll hang out with their friends over their girlfriends, things like that. Um, One song that started and I thought, oh, I'm kind of getting into this was uh, Faulty Foundation, which sounds very much like Pennywise, I would say. It does have that fast um, drum beat and the uh, following guitars. Um, 
And so I was kind of getting into it. I played it a few times, but then honestly, it sounds like they're trying too hard to me to be really punk. Like, look guys, you need to take me seriously because we can play fast too. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, and then it gets into the chorus and he's like, whoa, whoa. And you're like, nope, pass. That, yes, you've reminded me, that's pretty much exactly what happened. I mean, I didn't skip, I listened through it. And I listened through it a couple more times, but I was really just not into it. And like I said, I gave it a solid listen through two times. But, and I, it also made me reflect and think about why I don't like um, pop punk so much. And um, you kind of helped me out with that, with your description of Polly, because there's like these themes throughout that I can't identify with, like the being upset with girls leaving me because I mean, no girl would ever leave me, you know? Yeah, all the girls <laughs> just, just probably, they should just want to do you. That's what you want. Yeah, and my wife, you probably couldn't hear, but she's in the background laughing and I heard her uh, click onto a divorce, divorce lawyer's website just to <laughs> prove a point um no but and you know not with like the it's not that I can't identify with the sadness and like all that but it's just not something that I want to dwell on and like hear about it's not important enough to me it seems like very um adolescent angst sort of things that are terribly minor problems that I just don't care yeah. about I guess I could say within pop punk, like some of that, some of that stuff, so many songs just being about girls and girlfriends and stuff like that. I could say that I'm I'm not super into that either. Like, it's not like, oh, that's what I want all songs to be about. I, that's what I like and prefer. Um, I think just overall, I, I can stay into it. It's, I guess it's just fun. And I like the sound. Um, even though I, I can get behind the fact that like, oh, yeah, these lyrics are dumb. Like this song is about something super dumb. I, I, I can admit, like, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, <laughs> and something that I've learned because I, you know, I was, I was kind of a grumpy middle school, high school punk rocker who was like, also found myself not being into like the drive-through bands. Yeah. Like, I, like it wasn't my ideal. Like, um, and I think I was, I just took myself so seriously. And I think I still struggle with that, like taking myself very seriously. And so, you know, being somebody who was, was also trying to make music and then I went to college and I was a poetry major. Like I just took it so deeply and profoundly serious that if somebody was going to like publish something, if somebody was going to produce something that it needed to be deep. Right. And I think that like, now that I've been a teacher for a long time, and working in high school, I think I'm maybe more honestly, and maybe it's a little bit of balance, realizing that like, it really came from angst, and it came from the experience that people are having. And not everybody is taking my take on all of the things. And so what to me might feel kind of, you know, popcorn and bubblegum, 
about like the pop punk music scene for a lot of like teenagers who a lot of the audience for this music was you know and is younger adolescent kind of teenage people um it is speaking to the condition right it is speaking to the moment in those people's lives otherwise it wouldn't have the commercial success that it has um and so it's okay and and i don't think that there's like a this sucks thing between the two of you in talking about this this. um Um, but I do think it represents like where the genre has gone. Right. And I, and that is like the whole point of us, like starting having these conversations is like, we, it's okay. It's okay that the tree came up and branched out and there's a pop punk thing over there. And some people can go build a swing on that thing. And there's this like skate punk thing that happened over here. And there's a place where metal came in and there's a place where hardcore music developed out of it and all the other stuff that, that kind of has happened. Um, and that's okay. Uh, and so I, you know, maybe to put a little bow on, on this showdown, uh, a quick question for, for both of you is, you know, would you listen again or will you listen to more if there's other music? Let's, uh, let's go back to Jesse first yes yeah <laughs> now would you be willing to take on like 10 foot pole i actually was a bigger fan of 10 foot pole that was like one of the first you know those epitaph rec- records um comps and stuff back in the day uh or are you like going to continue listening to more of what you already heard i would i would probably listen to several more of the pulley records get through the discography and find out if there's other albums that that i like more or less than this um I would definitely listen to matters again because there were several distinct points where it was like, I like this. And so I would definitely listen to that again, but I'm into the idea of like checking out the full discography and finding out what else I might like from them. Cool. Aaron. I, I would give Midtown another try. I would definitely look at other records. You're lying. Wait, did Midtown make more than one record? Yeah, they put out a couple EPs. I want to say three, maybe four full lengths. Uh, I'm okay. not 100% sure. I think after after this record that I um, I asked you to listen to, I think they put out um, something on like a major label. So they put this one out on drive through and then I think they got kind of upstreamed to, I don't remember what label, maybe Universal or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they put out something um, that way. Okay. Okay, so from Jesse, I'm taking a hard yes, and from Aaron, I'm taking a deceitful problem. It's an, yeah, but I don't. But I don't think. He's, I don't think. I think he's trying to be nice. I. I think he would gladly just be like, no, I would not listen to this again. Well, <laughs> my natural inclination is to say no, absolutely not. But I'm trying to break that part of my personality and be a little more open, um, because I have found like there are songs on the radio that I do like. I don't want to admit it. Uh, now the public knows since I've said it on this podcast, but I'm trying to be more open. So I'll give Midtown another listen. I'll listen to their other stuff. Probably I will be more inclined to do that. But you also, um, when you started talking about drive through records, it reminded me of um, some other bands that I liked, like Finch. Yeah, and, see, there we go. In fact, I was um, about to just recommend like, well, don't if, if if you're not that into Midtown, let me give you some other ideas. Like you don't have to keep giving them a try, but like let yeah. me try to find something that that might work more for you. 
All right. So um, thank you guys. I feel like that was civil. Uh, there was there was decency between the no, two. No, Aaron didn't like Unlike... my music. <laughs> and I finally made Jesse cry. He didn't like it. <laughs> um, maybe uh, Jesse had a really cool idea, and I think we'll do this. I, I don't know how well it's going to go, um, but uh, as, as we kind of close out, one of the best things about us having these conversations is that we are, we are exploring each other's uh, music that maybe we didn't, give a good a good listen to back before um and so what we're gonna do um is we're going to do a little bit of a, a shuffle and so uh jesse i don't know if you want to like take over and kind of give us instructions on what we should do all right so here's here's the game it's it's meant to be fun or silly or whatever but um you got to open up your full itunes library i don't know how many songs you have in there i've got like seventeen thousand or something like that i use itunes match okay but you open up your library, you go to the songs, you hit shuffle, and then you have to skip a number of songs and then like whatever, I'll give you the number and then whatever you land on, you have to share what it was that you came up with. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. Um, who's going to go first? Uh, I will go first. Okay. Are we ready? Okay. All right. So I got, I got my thing ready. Here we go. So I'm going to shuffle five. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Uh, I came up with uh, the song No Trivia by From Autumn to Ashes. Ooh, right? <laughs> From Autumn to Ashes. All right, Aaron, are you ready? <laughs> yes. All right, go. Uh, From the Tombs of Five Below by Unearth off of Watchers of Rule. Okay. Is that a track that you, you're glad to have come up? Would you listen to that right now? Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to go. So I pulled up mine. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, I got Please Take Me Home by Blink-182 from the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket album. Fitting. Yeah, I mean, completely fitting since we're all on quarantine and none of us are wearing did, pants. <laughs> did did anything come up in the ones that you skipped that caught your eye? Uh, yeah, I had some funny stuff. Uh, I had some like Tracy Chapman. I had some Eric Clapton. Yeah. Uh, Five Iron Frenzy. I scrolled through whatever it takes by Imagine Dragons. A uh, Switchfoot song. I had a uh, Crush, Crush, Crush the paramore, paramore. But, but it's the uh vitamin string quartet version oh okay because i was gonna say <laughs> dude <laughs> nice. you have paramore in your library you hate pop punk i also have a wife who likes paramore. oh <laughs> and i liked their first album i don't know what it was oh, called but it's called um, all we know is falling yeah that one yeah um and then i also had death of seasons by afi the vitamin string quartet quartet version all right Cool. All right. Well, thanks for playing. Well, it seems uh, as though Aaron uh, mostly listens to the Vitamin String Quartet. Uh, I don't know how much of his music actually uh, comes from the actual bands. Uh, yeah, is that true, Aaron? Yeah, most of the stuff that I listen to, I learn about through the Vitamin String Quartet. Uh, 
they're actually the only music that I buy and then I figure out like, oh, there's a band called Strung Out. Maybe I should check them out. The string version is pretty cool. So guitars and drums would probably sound pretty cool too. Yeah. Anyways. Well, everyone, thanks for uh, thanks for checking out the episode. Uh, if, if you've got the time and you're willing, definitely uh, go give us a little uh, review on, on your uh, platform wherever you're listening to this. Uh, we'd appreciate that very much. Um, have a great week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with uh, some more Vitamin String Quartet. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.